Hello, and welcome to another episode of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. I am the owner and creator of this podcast where we believe that our bodies can be strong and fit for the long term, even with old injuries. This podcast is an educational resource and not medical advice for those of us with old injuries who want to get stronger and thrive. Today's episode is a solo cast and something that I preach to all of my clients, which is the science of you. Take a second to think about this. You don't control the outcome. You control your actions. Are you moving towards success or avoiding failure? That's the big concept I'd like to tackle in this episode. My inspiration for these solo casts is to help you connect with an information source that is helping you know what to tune into and what to tune out. Essentially, this is an information epidemic that we are dealing with because there's so much out there. I want to help you get clear on what information to digest that can grow your process and not contract us by installing fear-based information. My content here for Think Fit Be Fit is science-based and research-backed, academically-backed, and there will be a lot of anecdotal information included, um, but it's an exploration for new discernment and ways of learning, and I hope to help you use technology to expand your awareness and focus on the right things for your body. All right, let's get into it. This episode is the scientific synopsis for self-awareness and the science of you. I love it because self-awareness and intuition are often thrown around and used as ways to just say, trust your gut. But this is much more than that because I'm, I'm giving it a much more objective feel to it. I predict that this information will either be a light shown on a new way to think about your body, a reminder that you have more control than you once believed, or you may finally understand what wear and tear on your body actually means. That's a big one. <laughs> this concept is basic science. I'd say a 102 college course that applies to all things biological and physiological, which is exactly what we are. We need this perspective. It's called the structure determines function perspective that I learned through Tom Purvis of RTS. To have some control of our body's response to a change in the load that we are carrying around in our body. What plagues so many of us on our wellness care is that we overlook how our body responds to our environment. This causes us to ignore our own scientific process. You are, after all, your own case study. 
ignoring all these variables of your body, how it moves and responds to stress or stimuli will put you on the path to frailty and losing access to your strength. In other words, if we are conditioned to ignore our body and not listen to it, we will be on a path to what frailness and weakness and therefore relying on pharmaceuticals to feel decent. And you know that is the antithesis of what I'm trying to teach, the absolute devil. What um, this is not is, you know, we're not rewriting a scarcity mindset. It's not about blaming your issues on stress or the load that your body carries around. We shouldn't fear stress. This is a misguided belief. It is a seed from marketers that sows disappointment rather than empowerment. I feel very strongly about that. I think you can hear this in my voice. We shouldn't avoid stress even when we are trying to prevent more wear and tear. That is a big statement. And one of the uh, things that I love to explore because one of the biggest benefits to exercise is decreasing the wear and tear on your body. However, with old injuries, this is where we have to master our actions and have to take control because exercise is an opportunity to adapt and thrive. So you can teach your body to handle the load of stress in your life or we can add to it with exercise. When our body is challenged with exercise, we are testing its ability to take a short journey away from the comfort zone. The manner in which our body returns to the comfort zone is the marker of health that needs our attention. And that's what we're diving into right now, these excursions from the comfort zone. What this actually means in the scientific terms is our comfort zone is called homeostasis and then allostasis is the intrinsic process by which the body responds to stressors to regain homeostasis. The allostatic load is the cost of chronic exposure to repeated challenges that the individual or you experience as stressful. So what we are doing in this episode, the science of you, is identifying an excursion away from homeostasis or the comfort zone. Exercise is this purposeful excursion. So the more purposeful you are in this excursion, the easier it is to pick out key factors to measure and understand what your body is dealing with on a day-to-day basis instead of just guessing and ignoring how your body feels and what it's telling you. And despite all the woo-woo that we want to attach to intuition, the truth is your intuition is one of the smartest, most intelligent things that you own. And the big picture here is, again, to be able to measure the wear and tear on your body so that you can execute good decision making. And what 
why is this important? Because stress changes everything when it comes to exercise. And my clients, my athletes are taught this as a skill to treat their body as a case study and to treat that case study with grace and patience and insert intelligent decision making. So here's the the terms that you need to make these intelligent decisions. One is homeostasis, and I mentioned this as the comfort zone. What it actually is is a stable equilibrium between elements of a system. Our, the human body is a, a fascinating and deep system with so many elements, so many variables, so many things contribute to the outcome. So this is an internal condition of balance, an internal condition of balance. It is also how the body, it's something the body desires. It desires homeostasis. It always wants to get back to homeostasis, which is where things are at most, you know, balanced and harmonized. So even when we are running really hard, uh, driving, doing all the human things. Our body always wants to get back to homeostasis. As soon as it's allowed to, it's going to go back there and go back to balance. So understanding where your balance is, is one of the first big steps. This can be measured, it can be a feeling, and it can also, uh, change when you take on too much load or it can change when you help your body adapt better so this is where the allostasis terminology comes in so the allostasis is the intrinsic process by which the body responds to stressors to regain homeostasis. So this is maintaining stability through the changing forces. It's adapting, it's adaptive systems response, it's coping. The quick return to homeostasis when reacting to stimuli or demand. It is the accumulative Um, exposure to changes of regulation in homeostasis. These are a lot of things. So those five things are part of the intrinsic process by which our body responds to stressors to regain homeostasis. I did repeat myself for a reason. This is so meta and kind of complicated but it's also a very it's it's a very objective way to view your body and in order to use this in the bigger picture we have to treat our body as a case study which means knowing the what is harmful to your body and what is 
beneficial. This is the space to identify exactly what that is. So when you're doing a case study, you um, an easy one would be if you're doing a high intensity exercise session, your, your body's response to that and how quickly it returns back to the comfort zone or normal or homeostasis is the marker of your good health. So if my dad, who is on uh, rheumatoid arthritis medication, lives with a smoker, doesn't exercise that much, never did, has a compromised immune system because of the arthritis, goes out and walks his dog for 15 minutes, and I walk his dog for 15 minutes, it my body will recover faster. Meaning my body made the excursion away from homeostasis because I'm walking the dog. I have to be aware, I have to be vigilant, I have to make sure you know, I'm taking care of this animal and taking care of myself at the same time. And when that excursion is over, my body can return safely to homeostasis. My dad's, on the other hand, that might be a strenuous exercise. And that excursion from homeostasis and back to homeostasis is calculated through the allostasis process, meaning like how his body gets back there and it'll probably take longer because he's not as fit. And that's, it's that simple. So this is where the watches come in, the wearables, the feedback mechanisms that you develop as your own case study. The tools that I help people use are, is called just range of motion. And I use in my practice muscle testing, so can't do that really on your own, but with range of motion, you can tell when your body has done enough. Rui and I talked about this on a podcast in the fall. I will link to that because what that looks like is important. And so if I'm doing a leg press, which is a, you know, a pretty big exercise calorie wise because we are using a lot of muscles and so that is going to require my body to go away from homeostasis and use all kinds of materials to handle that load so let's say we do a, a 40 second set and at the end of it I can check my range of motion in my knee, let's say the hamstrings, that's my weak spot on the right side. And if the, the range of motion of my hamstrings decreases, I have done too much. And so my allostasis process is more stressed and it's carrying more load because I did too much. So that I know um, when when I do certain knee exercises, I either need to do extra warm-up exercises or I need to do more isometrics, which are kind of the same thing for me, or I have to plan my day around being able to recover better from that exercise session. 
And this can be done with shoulder exercises, deadlifts. Uh, the more dialed in you get to the strength training and doing uh, focused exercises, the easier this is to measure. So uh, when people are returning back to the gym after some type of injury, I encourage people to do single arm, single leg exercises on machines so that they can be aware of these possibilities and how quickly their body can return to the comfort zone. Another way you can do this is using a wearable technology, HRV monitoring, heart rate monitoring. You can use hydration testing. You can, uh, hydration testing would be good as in like the soccer players that I work with, athletes. And there's um, a few ways that you can just, you know, measure how hydrated you are by using a weight scale, by looking at the color of your urine. And another way to do this is to measure biomarkers and this might be something that you don't do in an exercise session but you do every few months to measure the entire allostatic load on your body so that can be uh, stress mediators like cortisol it can also be blood pressure which blood pressure you could do a couple times a week honestly uh, you can also measure uh, different neuroendocrine and inflammation markers is what I would say. And again, this is like a, a not something you would do in an exercise session, but, you know, uh, every few months or once a quarter or even once a week. The other, this is where like biohackers get really nerdy. Like they really like measuring stuff, right? And this is exactly where um, they are doing it, you know, to, to look at the load on their body, look at the stress on our body. So we're going to wrap this up with a more textbook definition of this. The allostasis adaption process follows three stages of stress mediation. And this is from a paper in the UK that was written in 2012, I believe. In the first stage, the acute stress response activates the primary mediators, including stress hormones. In the second stage, a more long-term stress response results in secondary outcomes, which include changes in metabolic, cardiovascular, blood pressure, and immune system like C-reactive proteins. Finally, the allostasis adaption process results in the tertiary outcome that can be poor health, cognitive decline, cellular aging, diseases uh, such as cardiovascular, diabetes, and even death. This is what the paper says. Um, it's not clear how long it takes to develop secondary and tertiary outcomes after primary stress reactions, characteristics of the allostasis adaption process is that the physiological mediators are interconnected, reciprocal, and have nonlinear effects. Wow. Allostatic load 
may affect many organ systems, highlighting the importance of measuring allostatic load as a multi-system concept. For this reason, measurements for this reason, measurement is based on deriving composite score based on indicators from a number of different systems. However, developing these com composite measures is challenging. Allostatic load accumulates throughout life, and therefore the study of processes in longitudinal settings is also needed. Because these processes are often nonlinear and reciprocal, the estimation of change may become complex. Wow. So I'll link to that. It's really interesting. You'll see the list of stress mediators and neurochemicals and endocrine uh, markers. But what we're talking about is going in the opposite way, not the allostatic load increasing. We want to decrease the allostatic load. And that is done with the case study ideas that I mentioned. It's also done with something called neuro-aligned exercise. And I had a teacher um, ask a class one time, how do we design exercise with the nervous system in mind? How do we do that? And that is what my course is, one of the big things that we are going after. Because the mind, brain, and body connection is not just all about calories. The muscles are, they have an organ like quality. And the um, molecules, quote, produced by the body during exercise that affect the structure, function, behavior, and adaption of the brain and mind. So having respect for this process of decreasing the allostatic load is key for our, um, our scientific analysis of our wear and tear on the body. And we have so uh, many reasons to design exercise with the nervous system in mind because we can gain uh, plasticity of the brain, flexibility of the nervous system, in increase the health of our nervous system. And this stimulates all kinds of wonderful things that the medical community would want to bottle up and give to us and sell to us, but they can't because it's produced in our body and is stimulated by exercise and all the healthy, well-meaning things if it's done at the right time. Meaning when your allostatic load is asking for it or can handle it. I really enjoyed sharing that information with you. It's just a small part of my course, Movement Pathways, and something I challenge all of my athletes and clients to master. This isn't easy. It's, it's looking at the small action steps, the things that can present as good opportunities for your body. And the bottom line is, we're usually scared to put our heart into something that we can't control and it's fear talking but this information I hope that it's a way to take some fear out of changing your body and taking out the chain the, the the talk about what if it doesn't work 
No, the small action steps work. And when you have a mindfulness approach to it, an exercise that is aligned to that, you will succeed. Or the chances of it are very high. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Please share this with your friends who are struggling to find their groove and their flow with exercise. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you at my class, Movement Pathways, on March 6th at at Local Motion Studio in Alexandria, Virginia. You can register at localmotionproject.org or you can go to my site, impactyourfitness.net, to see the online course offerings. Um... Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening.